Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Ajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. I have not gotten any sense at all that Drew Brees is doing anything but retiring. We know that, of course, the contract situation. Remember, he reduced his salary to about a million dollars just for cap reasons to give the Saints a little more space. He's not playing for a million dollars in 2021. In fact, I would not expect him to play anywhere at all in 2021, except maybe uh, play around in the TV booth, which is coming. My understanding of the situation is he just is, he wants to do it when he is ready to to deal with it and admit to it. I mean, that's probably the best way to say it. He's played football his entire life. He's always been a football player. It's hard for someone to come to grips with the fact that they are retiring. He just wants to make sure when he announces it that he is fully at peace with it. That is what is going on. He is not going to play quarterback for the Saints next year. That is Ian Rappaport. I'm getting used to this now. <laughs> Welcome back. Hey, Joe Lenardi scheduled to join us here in just a few. But before we do that, uh, one question and then a topic. How hard was it to get out of the game? We've talked about you exiting the game of football before. Yeah. Uh, like, so Drew Brees, like, I mean, he's done it for so long. Is it still hard, like, at this point? I mean, he's kind of known it was coming. Everybody kind of feels like it's coming. It, yeah. The way Rapport just talked, it's like he just doesn't want – he's in denial a little bit still. Sure. Like once he says he's done, he's done. Like you can't go back on it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could, but you, you can't. You definitely and, can. Ask Brett Favre about that <laughs> so, a couple times. I mean, is it is it really – should it be that hard for a guy? Like I, I would sense it would be tough, No, uh, that finality, you know? Yeah, it's it's absolutely – a rough thing to to comprehend because if you're Drew Brees, like the way you went out, right? I mean, you're you have so many records at the quarterback position in the NFL, and the way you went on the last game, like that's not how you want to remember Drew Brees by, right? So I think a little bit that of that has got to him. I think that like, I told Kuzis yesterday, if you're doing sled pushes in the parking lot, um, that means you still got some stuff left in the tank. So I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back for even another year. Now, I'm not sure how the Saints feel about that, but I just get the sense that Drew Brees is trying to go out on top because they have the roster um, set aside from maybe the quarterback position to do it. They have the offense. They have an underrated defense. So it's all there for the taking, but you need Drew Brees to play at a very high level. I'm not sure if he's still capable of that for a full season. Yeah, I don't. I just think he's done. You just, just got to sooner or later. You just got to admit why you're done. He, why is he doing slide pushes though? Yeah, I, I just want to stay in shape. But no, no, you're a quarterback, sir. Do some yoga and do some flexibility. Sled pushes in the parking lot on a hot New Orleans summer day. Excuse me. Hey, let's talk some brackets right now. Anything better? We got March Madness here. Uh, you know, we go through these things. I've been in TV now for 20 years. Been doing radio for a while, and we used to have these games where you can't say like. The, the the cliches of March, right? Okay. You can't say uh, March Madness for one. Like you got to use something different. Why can't you say March Madness? Well, it's like on TV, like we do oh, our okay. sportscast. Like you get you you can't say like Cinderella. Like they become you say it so many times in March. Like you got to come up with something a different way to say it. Can I say the, the dance? Getting into yes. the dance? No, the dance. But but that okay. will become like there's only a there's a quota. On how much like, that's the game this. that we play in in TV land in March. Like there's yeah. a quote on how many times you can use those phrases. Well, maybe there's no quote on bracketology. 
How about bracketology, March Madness, college basketball, and the creation of a national obsession? It's a new book by Joe Lenardi, and he joins us on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 right now. Joe, glad to have you along with us. Bracketology, bracketology, bracketology. We'll talk all about it. Well, wow, you're allowed to say that word more than I am. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, you, congrats on the new book. Tell us a little bit about it. Uh, obviously, we think bracketology, and quite frankly, Joe, your name is synonymous. That's going to be kind of cool. It, it's very cool, and I appreciate that. Um, I, I guess one of the jokes I'm making here today on uh, launch day, I've never had a launch day for a book before. Uh, apparently, apparently, it is now possible to write a book in America without being able to read one. And uh, <laughs> so here I am uh, preaching the gospel of, there it is, bracketology. Uh, and it's just so fun because, as you were saying, like March, man, it, it's a great, great sporting event that was taken away from us uh, through no one's fault. And, you know, I'm not minimizing the pandemic in any way. Uh, and obviously, we're in the toy department of life here in sports and in college basketball. And nobody died because the tournament didn't happen. Uh, and a half a million people have died for real reasons. Um, but that doesn't mean we can't miss it. We're human. And the fact that we've gotten to March... And now we're just about knocking on the door of conference tournaments. In fact, uh, uh, a couple of them get underway today, and a couple were played Sunday, early rounds. You know, it, it, it almost feels like a little window into maybe coming out the other side of all this. At least I hope so. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm just thankful for that as far as, far as the book is concerned. Uh, we just wanted to do something that talked about uh, the evolution of the tournament, how people have taken to bracketology, and how it's enhanced their knowledge of and hopefully enjoyment of, of something that we all love. It's not like pro sports. You know, pro sports are pretty much limited to the major markets, right? But every state, every region has their school their squad, their college town, their place where their dad went or, or crazy Uncle Harry or whomever, and that they root for, for for reasons that sometimes have nothing more to do with a cute mascot. <laughs> uh, and, and, and this, you know, hopefully this book's, book shines a little bit of light on the fun as well as the business and most significantly the process that creates that, Thing we all can't wait to hold in our hands on Selection Sunday night, which is that blank bracket, right, that gives each of us the chance to be right. Absolutely. <laughs> and then the games start, and then we're all wrong. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> yeah, by, by like 4 o'clock in the afternoon on Thursday, uh, potentially. Joe Lenardi with us here at Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau, along with former Jags player Austin Lane. Uh, Joe, it's interesting. We were talking at the top of the show. I don't know if it was meant to be this way, but it almost feels like the bracket in March Madness it was like the prelude to fantasy football is the way I described it. Like fantasy football now, people care about 
their fantasy football team. They don't necessarily always care about who wins on Sunday, even if it's their own team, as long as their fantasy team did well. I kind of look at the bracket that way. Yeah, we have our favorite teams. You have the team you're rooted for. If they're not in the tournament, they're already out of the tournament. You still want bragging rights about your bracket and that piece of paper at the water cooler the next morning or whatever drives you to beat that, that person you're competing with. It's it's become an an odd thing in that way. I, I actually think it kind of led the way in a sense, and I don't know if the two are connected or not, uh, to kind of the way we feel about fantasy football. Did the folks that thought about March Madness back in the day ever think it would be like this big? Well, way back in the day when the tournament started in 1939, there wasn't even a Final Four. They just brought the last two teams, the East Champ and the West Champ, to Kansas City and played it out. Uh, I never really thought about the fantasy football connection. I think that's a great take and accurate. And I think I might have to tear up Chapter 7 now and do it over (laughs) because it's a perfect analogy. And I'll tell you why. Because, you know, like if I walk around an arena at the NCAA tournament, not this year but other years and hopefully future years, uh, you know, my work is essentially done at that point, right? And and thank goodness. <laughs> but what do people, like if I'm in line to get a hot dog or a beer or whatever, what do people want to tell me if they recognize me? Joe, let me tell you how good I'm doing in my bracket. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. They want to brag, just like you're saying. Yeah. And like, just like at the water cooler, when somebody tells you, you know, my flex pick did really great on Sunday, don't you want to just hit him in the head? <laughs> Like talk about I'm like I don't care about your fantasy team. <laughs> Joe, I had a Joe, I have a co-host. I have a co-host that people talk about it. People talk about their bracket <laughs> success in exactly the same terminology. You are dead on. Yeah, Joe, I but, have a co-host that talked about Kyla Murray like it was oh, yeah. his brother for well, like the okay. last five months. Hey, <laughs> I picked him because there's some skill that goes into it. With, with brackets, sometimes it's all about luck, man. And that makes it even more annoying sometimes when my mom can pick a better bracket than I can, and she doesn't even watch college basketball. With that, oh, dude, let me <laughs> go ahead. Like wh- one year in my own house, we do a family school. I lost to a cocker spaniel. <laughs> We, we like, like we fill in one for the dog. Like when our kids were little, we'd fill in one for the dog, and he would pick all the schools with dog nicknames sure. and against all the schools with cat nicknames. And let me tell you, when UConn beats Connecticut in the final, that is not a good day for me. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> all right, Joe. So listen, man, since you're, you're kind of like the godfather of bracketology, let's just call you, um, you know, we, we, we hear the phrase Cinderella. And this year, like one could say, could Loyola be a Cinderella story? But here's the problem with Loyola. We've seen them be the Cinderella story before. And right now, I think where they sit, they, I think they're 21-4. and four. Like, to me, they're a talented team. They have experience. Now, maybe not as good as they were a couple years ago, but they're still a solid team coming out of the Missouri Valley Conference. Is it right to call Loyola Chicago a Cinderella team, or are they just kind of maybe a front runner? Well, knowing some of the Loyola people, I think they're thrilled just to be back in. Yeah. And, 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 and to get their, you know, kind of taste and just making it back and being so good again kind of proves it really wasn't a fluke, right? They were legitimately good. I mean, they won 30 games. Uh, and, and that's hard to do at any level because it requires, you know, you're winning half your games on the road. Uh, 
so yeah, I wouldn't call them Cinderella, but you're also not going to call them a blue blood either, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so you know, to just be good, solid program is not a bad label. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you know maybe the maybe this year Cinderella is another team for near league. Maybe it's Drake if they get in, or maybe it's Belmont. Uh, which, which has only lost a couple games, or Winthrop, which has only lost one game. Uh, so those teams are out there. We just don't know who they are yet. Some of them, most of them, haven't even qualified yet in their conference tournaments. Uh, and until we kind of see who they're going to play, you know, then you kind of go like, all right, well, that's a matchup that could work for them because they're a good shooting team and. That team plays a lot of zone or whatever. You know, that team doesn't have much size, so they're not going to get beat up physically. Whatever the case may be, uh, that, that, that will then help us maybe put a little bit of a, of like, like an artist sketch drawing of who Cinderella can be. Joe, I'm going to need you to be careful with the whole. Belmont, you know, Bruins thing just because I'm from Murray State, all right? So let's not mention Belmont too much <laughs> around this show, just to let you know, because, you know, obviously go Murray State Racers. Other question. Yeah, but, but wait, wait, wait. <laughs> the last tournament we had, they both got in. No, you get that, that's very did. true. Now, Murray State's going to need to win something to get in because they're not, they're having a little down year. We'll see what happens. But, um, you know, Joe, so I'm from Wisconsin originally. Obviously, I'm Team Big Ten all day. I come to Jacksonville, and I'm surrounded by the SEC. Uh, and, you know, usually it's what's known for football, right? You talk about Alabama roll, tide roll. But now we got Alabama in basketball, and Nate Oates is obviously having this team play at a very high level right now, and Alabama's really on the outside of making that one seed. What has got into the Alabama Crimson Tide? Is this a flash in the pan, or are they about to be a powerhouse not only in football but basketball now as well? Well, it can't hurt, right, to bring basketball recruits in October to a football game. You're not lying. Right? Like Michigan's been doing that at the big house for years, and I'm sure many, many, many other schools do. But, uh, you know, it's a victory for Nate Oates to just, be the third most important sport at Alabama after football and spring football. <laughs> so, you know, I give him a lot of credit for that. And the fact, like the way they defend and they have some older guys who can score. I, I like Alabama a lot. I don't know if they're final four good, but there are, you know, the three so-called elite teams, Michigan, Baylor, Gonzaga, whatever order you want to put them in, history would tell us that they're not all making it through to the Final Four. Nah, Joe Lenardi like, with us, uh, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. I know you got to run do some more interviews, yes. but uh, not even your yes. Cocker Spaniel would have picked first four out like five years ago, Michigan State, Duke, and Indiana that you had today. It's unbelievable for the Blue Buds this year. Go get the book, Bracketology, March Madness, College Basketball, the Creation of a National Obsession. Joe, thanks for the time. You bet. My pleasure, guys. That's Joe Lenardi, uh, Mr. Bracketology, if you will. And I, we could have kept him on for yeah. days, He's right? Great. Uh, fantastic. Go check out the book. Uh, really cool. Like, what we were talking about. I mean, the, he's right. It says in the title, National Obsession. I mean, we are obsessed. Like, we missed that last year. Yeah. We're obsessed with the brackets. Like, we love the brackets. And it's a good obsession. Like, it's a fun thing. I, yeah. I think it's a let your hair down kind of it's okay if you lose. Like it's it's not gonna last six months like fantasy football. Like it's okay for a few weeks. It's really fun. I still think the most fun is the first two rounds. Or if you but if you do a bracket, like 
the first two rounds really, I wouldn't say they're irrelevant because obviously you need some of your teams to go deep. Correct. But the more, like most brackets are done by like one point in the first round, two points in yep. the second, four, eight. Four. So it really doesn't make or break whether you win the bracket. Mm-hmm. But there's still nothing like the first and second round, especially that first round, that Thursday, Friday of the NCAA tournament. Yep. For the older folks, we used to go before there was every channel and true TV and, and all these places to see it, that four box, when they would update us and, and give us a look in, a live look in at four different games was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. I was like, holy cow, look what's happening right now. There are four games. Like, that was a thing. Yep. Like, if you're driving and you're in your 40s or beyond, and maybe it's your late 30s, you remember the live look in. Now, they still do look ins, mm-hmm. but they take on less meaning because every game is on. Like, you can find every game. Yeah. I miss that part of it. Like, there was, there's something nostalgic about the NCAA tournament on Thursday and Friday about every game, uh, uh, looking in on four of them at a time, even though you're watching the primary game. Yeah. And that has obviously changed. Uh, you know, when you put games on True TV and uh, TBS and CBS and, and everywhere else, well, we obviously don't. We, we can find the games now, so we don't need that live look in. But that was a real thing, and that wasn't very long ago. Like, I'm 43. I'm not 83. Yeah. All right? <laughs> the, the NCAA tournament might be one of my favorite just sport weekends or weeks that, that you can come up with, especially, uh, you know, the those first, you know, that first round of, of games. And I remember even being in high school, like, it was a big deal. Uh, even in grade school, like, our teachers used to actually, we'd have homework, and we would watch the games. And I would be, I think it was, like, on TBS at the time, but we'd watch, like, one college basketball game instead of doing homework in class. Like, that's how our wow. our school operated. That is like, nice. They, they were all for college basketball games. I so, would call bunking school would be that day. Bunking school? That would be missing school. Yes. Oh, I got you. Bunking school. I yeah, like that. That's bunking? A, you didn't call it bunking school? Skip school? You know, like skipping? Yeah, or they would call it bunking? bunking school. That's definitely a Rhode Island thing. Playing hooky? Yeah, playing hooky too. Yeah, I mean, like my mom said that. So maybe that's come back. Bunking school. <laughs> my well, mom said playing hooky. I, I, I picture like bunk beds. Like what? Bunking school. I know. That's interesting. Uh, that's, that's just, I don't think that's just a Rhode Island thing. I'd be surprised. Uh, it might just be a Brett Martino thing. I don't know. But still, Thursdays and Fridays, still to this day, I, I don't know the stats. I, I would love to know the stats. How many people take off work? Sure. Like, Steph would actually, if she could, she even when she was teaching, she's like, I wish I could take off these two days. Yeah, yeah. Like, she loves it. Yeah. Thursday and Friday, watching yeah. all the games. And it's not like she's locked into college basketball all year round. You know, so I always think like, the Super Bowl is that because it's become such like this pop culture thing. It's uh, it's what's that? Uh, what's that thing? FOMO, fear of um, what's that? FOMO, FOMO, fear of missing out. Missing out. Okay. Yeah. So fear. <laughs> I know. I'm all over the place. Fear of missing Polio out. Weekly. I don't know what we're talking no, about. But, I got but, you. But that's what the Super Bowl is. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. people watch the Super Bowl because fear of missing out on the commercials, on the halftime, on, yeah. on everything, right? Sure. And March Madness isn't necessarily like that, but it carries significant weight to a casual fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I, and I use Steph's a prime example. She locked in on Thursdays and Fridays now. She wants the bracket. She wants to know. And she is not watching a college basketball game probably all year. Like, like she's just not watching. And so that part of it's uh, um, amazing to me. You know, in this book, uh, Joe Lenardi's book of bracketology, he the forward is written by Mark Few of Gonzaga. And it's interesting you brought up. That's why I wish we had more time because mm-hmm. it, with Joe, you brought up Cinderella. Yeah. And there was a time when – 
Gonzaga was the Cinderella. Correct. Well, they're not anymore. They're just not a Cinderella. They, they are a favorite. Like, they are really good. Yes. Now, we've said this before about Gonzaga. I I really root for Gonzaga to win it all because I think it would punctuate what Few has done at Gonzaga. The 20-year run at Gonzaga is remarkable. They haven't ever won before. That's, that's, but they that's haven't the crazy won thing. It. As yeah. great as they've been. Yeah. You know, as 34-1 and one as they've been. Sure. As... Uh, Morrison and yes. and other players as they've had. Yeah, Kelly Olynyk. They for, for a name still drop. haven't won it, and this might be a team they can score it. Yeah, I mean, and I'm, I'm not going to sit here and profess that I've watched a lot of Gonzaga, but I watch <laughs> enough, and they are just routing people. With, you know, but they they can win it all, especially in a year when the blue bloods are down sure. from Kentucky to Duke to Michigan State to Indiana. Those schools are down and. Uh, it's going to be interesting. One thing about Lenardi's latest bracket, the bracketology from today that he put out there. Which, so he pushed everything out today. The book, he pushed yeah. out a new thing of bracketology as we enter March. Florida State is a three seed uh, in that bracket uh, in the same region, by the way, as the Gators who are a six. No, Gators are not a six seed. Gators are a seven seed. Mm-hmm. So they could match up like in a sweet 16 in Lenardi's uh, bracket. That'd be fun. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, but Florida State is a three-seed. Is Again, you win the ACC, but the ACC is down a little bit this year. Sure. It's not the ACC that we all know. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the hoops, and we will get to this. Will stadiums be full in the fall? Sorry, I keep pushing that back, but it's coming up on ESPN 690. Austin Lane. And Tony Khan clap back. There you go, Kuz. There's a, there's a clap back for you. Clapped. So, it's a, just it's clapped. a gamer thing. Eric Clapton. Okay. Yeah. That, that'd be a good oh, gamer to I'm oh, using that. Martino. Yeah. You guys just had a moment. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. I was staring into space, Coos. I was in a zone. He's like, Brent, <laughs> we're back up. Well, usually we have like an audio thing, right? I know. That's uncouth. There's not a lot of audio coming out of anywhere. No, I guess not. There's no, like, breaking stories. Like, J.J. Watt's going to Arizona. There's James Harden going back to Houston. Yeah. We'll talk about that tomorrow, baby. Yeah. I'm trying to see what's trending right now. Texas 100, I'm sure that's uh, political. (laughs) Dr. Seuss is definitely political. (laughs) Rest in peace, Jeremy Renner. He didn't die. I'm not sure what that's about. Yeah, there's not. (laughs) Twitter is crazy right now. Oh, did you see, though, uh, Randy Orton? Professional wrestler Randy Orton? No. WWE. Uh, who's out right now? Uh, yeah, so Randy Orton, who's a professional wrestler. Uh, you've probably yeah, heard him. No, I know him. RKO. Um, he's going after Soldier Boy. And, like, when I say going after him, like, actually verbal, uh, verbally assaulting this dude on uh, on Twitter. And Soldier Boy is a, is a former rapper. He's saying crank that. I'm sure you remember that. Oh, yeah. I don't, yeah, crank that though. From the iTunes list. From the iTunes list, yeah. So th- they're going back and forth right now, and Randy Orton's, let's just say he's let him have it. Like, what are they going back and forth about? Well, um. I mean, you gotta give us, give me a little bit more of the story. Soldier Boy, uh, kind of said the no-no word when it comes to wrestling. He, he used the fake, you know, uh, adjective, right? I did see some fake wrestling stuff going okay, around. Don't, don't just say that out loud like that. Alright? Like, people are listening. We have wrestling fans here, so yeah. careful how you say that. Okay, but anyway, okay. so he called it fake to Randy Orton, and Randy Orton was not having it, bro. And I mean, I, I could repeat so what did he said. Randy but... not? Did he deny that it was? 
fictitious? Um, well, it was more of like Randy Orton coming saying, if you think it's so fake, get your something expletive yeah. in here, and then I'll expletive, expletive something, expletive. That's good you know? radio. <laughs> Well, what do you want me to say, man? Our boss is watching us right now, so I can't really tell you what he really said. I'm trying to be on my best behavior right now. I'm sweating bullets. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) I think I caught some of that on social media. It was like, okay, so the ending is predetermined, but everything that gets into that is sport and is everything that you would say, you know, in terms of see athleticism moves acting mic skills all of that right yeah and that's that's really what the hardcore wrestler wrestling fan is like listen you can sit here and tell me it's fake 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 yeah fake, it's scripted. all that stuff mm-hmm. but there's still a lot that goes into it you know that is that is not necessarily fake i'm gonna ask you a question right now i need you to mind your p's and q's real quick do you think professional wrestler professional wrestlers are professional athletes now choose your next words wisely as the AEW poster hangs up over my head. Uh, yeah, I I actually careful. I don't care about being careful, um, but <laughs> I I would say I would certainly say yeah. Good. Yeah, good. I, I would say it's good to have you on the team. What? See, see, the, you're going back and forth though. You're contemplating something. I don't like the the hesitation. Well, there's um there's a I I do think there. Professional athletes, yes. They okay. get paid for what they do. I think sure. they're athletes. Uh, I think what's interesting is, would you call it sport, mm. right? Because mm. there's really no scoreboard or true winner or loser mm. if it is predetermined, mm. right? Mm. Uh, but let's just say in, in in past, like cheerleaders have said, oh, it's a sport. Like there's been that debate, right? But on the ESPN. Um, so... I mean, they have competitions now and everything else. Like, my sister owned, like, three cheerleading gyms. Believe me, I've had this discussion hey. with her before. But if it, so. <laughs> That's awesome. If you're bored 7 a.m. on a Sunday morning, tune on ESPN2 and check out the wide world of Disney because there's always cheerleading on there, just to let you know. But but my point being, like, that was a big, like, topic in cheerleading. Okay. You know, uh, I think even people in, whether it's golf or NASCAR, will say, well, are they really athletes? Like, they're sitting in a car. Like, all the t- I would say, hey, if you got to hold your pee for two and a half hours, I think that's pretty <laughs> athletic. Um, but I, I think golf, I you know, the, the shoulder swing is I, uh, my shoulder. I, yeah, I would say, I, I think actually the, the best for golf in terms of if you want, like, that person that says, well, you're not an athlete, yeah. is to go walk Augusta. Augusta for 72 holes, and on top of that, competing in, in the focal, you know, the focus that it takes to play golf at a high level. Yeah. But just walking Augusta, 18 holes because of the hills, and like the, you don't see that on TV, seriously. Okay, but you're wearing shoes, right? Like this isn't some kind of thing where you're not wearing shoes. Like you're wearing shoes and you're comfortable walking Augusta. Yeah. And you're not carrying your clubs. I bet I could do it. I didn't say you couldn't do it. I bet I could do it right now. I just said it's part of, like, being in shape matters. No. I, so I, this isn't John, about that. John Daly says what's up, by the way. John Daly, when's the last time he, like, won? Because he's uh, not in shape. Okay. <laughs> he's, so, he's still a professional golfer. Yeah. Back in the day, I think he got away with a lot of that stuff more. Now it's a little harder to do. But yeah. anyway, no, this listen, isn't about golf. It's more about. They are athletes, too. I'm just I kidding. don't hear wrestlers really try to tell somebody that it's a sport. Is that a thing? Like, uh, do, 
does wrestling try to say, hey, we're sport? I actually think they say entertainment. Like, they know they're entertainment. Oh, no, it's it's professional entertainment. Yeah, it's, it's worldwide entertainment, you would call it. And yeah. So there are definitely entertainers, but I think that where the discrepancies come in is when you don't call them athletes, when you don't respect them as athletes, because they obviously do put their bodies on the line as well. Yeah, and I, I think you can have both, is my point. Like, a yeah. lot of people maybe would argue about, well, if it's not a sport, Brent, then it can't be, you can't be an athlete. You can't be a professional yeah. athlete. Well, I, I think you can. Yeah. You know, um, I, and I don't know what the breakdown is. I've just never really got that well, particular about it. I yeah. would just say what I see, the, especially now, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of the what maneuvers would yeah. be a good word. Uh, <laughs> sure, that's one way to put it. No, right? it's good. It's good. Yeah, no, maneuvers. Like, if moves, I flip it on, like, I'm moves, like, yeah. I know that's, like, this stuff isn't supposed, I know it's spots. scripted. You'd say spots, sure. what they call it. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to whatever it is, right? I think it's more like watching evil Knievel do his thing sure for two hours yeah. like it seriously is like that's what wrestling now looks like they are trying things that they're obviously trying to reach new heights and limitations and yep. like anybody any other athlete yes right mm-hmm. um any other line of entertainment mm-hmm. and like i don't know much about it i don't watch a lot of it but when i do flip it on or it's on in the office yeah and i'm watching i'm like i know they say like i say to myself i know this is like supposedly not real but yeah. Like, how was that not real? And no, that yeah. was crazy. Yeah. Like, if you did that in a movie, they have a stuntman do that. <laughs> and they probably land on a pad or something. So. <laughs> you know? No, without a doubt. And you know how I feel about it. I definitely think that there's they're, they're athletes for sure. And in my opinion, what constitutes being a sport or not and being an athlete or not, if the word competitive is in front of it, you're not an athlete. It's not a sport. Competitive eating, Joey Chestnut with all due respect, you're not an athlete. Competitive gaming, and I know we got a lot of game and Super Evan, you know, we, we love Super Evan on our show. But competitive gaming, did we, ever sure ask him can, did we ever ask him if he thought of himself, because he was a good basketball did. player at St. Yeah. Augustine High School, yeah. and he chose to go in this realm. Be interesting to see if he thought he was an athlete. Yeah. See, I don't look competitive at Competitive like drone that. racing, you know. Yeah. Like I said, I don't get wrapped up in that. I look at it more as like the discipline of it all. Sure. Like if you have to train your body to eat 140 hot dogs in however time, well, that's pretty dang impressive. Like it's part of training. Like it's part of whatever. Do yeah. I call it a sport? Is it widespread? I mean, do you see kids doing it in high school? No. <laughs> like, <laughs> like. Hey, not around here. Maybe in Alabama, they're eating like a pieting <laughs> contest or something. <laughs> Alabama, nice. Way well, to stereotype a whole state. Hey, let's be honest, man. Uh, if you're not, if you're not doing a travel ball edition of something, then you're not really a sport <laughs> because that means you're missing out on making a crap load of money. Sure. sure. <laughs> and so, if you don't have a travel yeah. element of what, and I don't think there's travel hot dog eating contests. <laughs> You're on the, we're on the road this weekend. <laughs> Competitive hot dog eating contest, yeah. But, I never know. But there's a lot of everything else, right? Think, Correct. Think about that. Yes. There's travel dance teams. There's yeah. travel cheerleading. There's yep. travel uh, bike racing. Mm-hmm. There's travel any of it, right? There's a lot, yeah. Most of it is. And so um, I, I just have never been that particular about whether it's sport or athlete. But it is interesting when you raise the question. I mean, there, I think of them as stuntmen. Almost sure. more, and and there is such an acting element to wrestling. Of course, I mean, I, I seriously, as I, wa- I watch more of it itself. than ever because, like, you'll talk about it, and obviously with AEW. <laughs> I appreciate the support, <laughs> but like, like Richard Sherman was unbelievable on the mic after that game, and it blew up his persona and brand. Correct, but he would be nothing without his performance on the field. 
Mm-hmm. You can be in wrestling, I think, mm-hmm. really good at the mic skills and everything else. Yeah. And that is more your brand than, say, your signature move you are in the ring. You are not wrong there, Brent Martineau. So there is a separation somewhere. But I, I certainly wouldn't. I, again, I've seen enough to say oh, yeah, I'll consider them professional athlete. No, no problem with it whatsoever. No, you make a, a fantastic point because some of the most athletic wrestlers who can pull off the the, the crazy skill sets and stuff like that aren't the most popular wrestlers because maybe they, they lack the mic skills. Maybe they lack the charisma. So it's definitely a combination of everything. There has to be a party that has to have the skill sets. You have to have the mic skills, the charisma, the gimmick. So it's all it's all wrapped in one thing. But just because you're good. At that one thing doesn't mean you're going to be the next big star. I do have one criticism of wrestling. Careful. Uh, one um, that I've caught, again, for some, it's on a lot, like in the sports office. Yeah. You know, on Fridays, obviously, we're showing it on Fox. So if I'm watching, it'll be on. And I'm like, they're still on this bit? <laughs> like, they're still on this thing? Like, I understand. Like, these shows are two hours long now, right? Is that is uh, yeah. that about the average show? Yeah. Well, so on Friday, it's two hours, and on Monday, it's three hours for... But, like, what will AEW be tomorrow? Two hours. Two hours. So, yeah. so you'd say maybe on... I know there are some longer ones at WrestleMania. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's, there's but, pay-per-views. But most of them, it seems like on average, two hours. Correct. I used to watch wrestling a lot when I was a kid. Sure. And some of the, like, when they did, like, the Saturday night matches, like when Hogan would fight, yeah. you know, Andre the Giant, yeah, yeah. it would be really drawn out, right? Of course. You knew they were pumped. But I don't remember the matches being this drawn out, the the bits being this drawn out yes. as a kid. Maybe I was just that locked in. It feels like they, at times, are filling a window. It's like American Idol and no, we'll you're... be back right after this. No, no, we'll you're... be back right after this. So, so listen, <laughs> you're not wrong because, like, back in the day, keep in mind, though, like, back with Hulk Hogan Andre the Giant, go back and watch that. It wasn't a long match. Like, matches back in the day, just because, like, in terms of skill sets, it was a little more limited, I guess you would say, than it is yeah. now. They would be, like, maybe 10-minute matches, sometimes 15 minutes. Like, nowadays, you can have a 30-minute match. Oh, yeah. And then there's a storyline to build up to the match, so it's, like, the same thing. So yeah. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, that's what I've – when I've peeked in on it, I'm just like – this guy's still standing in the middle of the ring, and I'm waiting for somebody to go just drop the mic and let somebody kick him. Like, when's yeah. it going to happen? Yeah, I got you. I saw it the other night. Like, I can't even, I couldn't name the wrestler, so I couldn't yeah. even give you the scene. But yeah. I was like, he's still talking. I'm like, sure. When's this guy going to punch him? I'm sure you and my wife kind of share the same uh, brain there because she probably wonders the same thing. Well, she probably wonders who, who did I marry where a 33 year old grown man is now yelling at the TV because his wrestler lost. But yeah, Nick's here too. His wife says the same. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, real quick because I'm done teasing this thing. Okay. Go ahead. Gut said, we just went wrestling for 10 minutes, by the way. Oh, I appreciate I you, it. You know, I, that's getting ready for golf next week in the Players' Championship. Uh, that's a good point. I might be golfing with some of that, so just let you know. <laughs> the, uh, the Alabama says they think they're going to have full capacity in the fallen stadiums. Yeah. Uh, Scott Strickland said, hey, there's some evidence to show that maybe we could some positivity going in that direction. This isn't doesn't need to be a lengthy conversation. It's more as we sit here in March, a year later, a year after this pandemic, where, quite frankly, I said it earlier in the show. I thought when they shut down the NBA, shut down the players championship, shut down sports. I thought by July, I'd be like, hey, don't worry. You know, it's OK. We'll be back. Uh, no, they were back, but not to the same degree. And, and the country still isn't back, yeah. as you would say in quotes. Uh Full capacity in the fall? Yeah. I've been now on, on the other side of this. Now I'm like, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't see anything going back to super normal in 2021. I, I Maybe that's just uh, I haven't thought down the road enough because this has become the new normal over the last year, yeah. unfortunately. Um, 
I don't think we will see full capacity. I, I'd be surprised at that. I, I have a hard time believing full capacity as well. Um, obviously, there's there's improvement. You know, there, there's change happening. I mean, look at look no further than the Players' Championship now. I mean, last year yeah. we were there, and it was open to the media, and then all of a sudden the next day it's closed down. Now it's open to limited capacity. So I think there's definitely changes occurring, but to sit here and say – 100% capacity, which would mean you got the tailgate and everything like that, too. I just I have a hard time seeing that happening right now. But it's I guess it's wishful thinking, and, and why not? It's the SEC, after all. Well, you're talking about 100,000 people in a stadium. Yeah. You know, there's a lot to go from uh, 20% capacity, you know, and 20,000 people to, boom, uh you know, six figures kind of people mm-hmm. in terms of moving people, in terms of sitting next to each, all that stuff. I just feel like a lot would have to change, and, and maybe it trends that way. Um, I think it's a little bit wishful thinking sure. uh, to get to that point. But, you know, listen, each and every bit will be significant. If they can get to 50%, That's a, those are significant dollars. Yeah, you know? but I'm also curious to do see if it's going to be like a conference-by-conference conference thing. Because, I mean, let's be honest. It's not political, but at the same oh, time, yeah? you think the SEC is a little more likely Big to... Big Ten yeah, versus the SEC to, will to be totally the, different. Yeah, and we talk about a maximum capacity. That's a, that's a home-field advantage. Like they, call, they call it that for a reason. So I wonder if the Big Ten follows suit. Like I wonder what each conference is thinking right now due to what the SEC just came out and said. Well, you got to believe, even the NFL. I mean, they want fans, man. Of course. I mean, listen... The Jags with Trevor Lawrence? Yeah. They hope I'm wrong. Yes. And there's full capacity. Yes. They got something to sell. Open the pools up. Yeah. Yes. They have something to sell now. Yeah. And so, listen, hopefully it is the case. Uh, All the vaccines and everything that that might transpire. uh, And we're a long way away from that. Mm -hmm. But... My honest opinion, I'd say I'd still be a little bit surprised in September if we're going full capacity. Do you think training camp will be open to the public a little bit or not? Yeah. Think I I, 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 I got a training camp pass this year? Maybe to you. Maybe? Yeah, maybe. Hopefully. Sad Joe Collin, you know? Closed caption TV. All right, we'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. (laughs) Bossman Nick filling in for Kuz. For a doing couple a, moments. Doing a much better job, by the way. No coos moves here. No <laughs> coos moves. Uh, this will be a quick segment. Not that I have to tell you that, Nick. Now we can't go over because Nick's here. And Don't say isn't. we. You can't no, go you. over. Me? You're the one that can Harder never do the me, countdown sir. like in your ear. How well, did you do that, that the last few days without me? Did you get off on time or did you go to like 7 o'clock? Uh, you know, we, we had a couple late nights, you know what I'm saying? A couple late nights. A couple of sponsors probably mad at us right now. But no, it is what they it is. love us. I had saying. important things to say. My bad. They're, they're all impressed. Sorry. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, thanks to Jumpin' Jack's House of Food yeah. being our restaurant of the day. We have this restaurant revival tour, if you will. And so we'll feature some different restaurants over the uh, next few months. Um, rest, Jumpin' Jack's House of Food. Check them out at jumpinjackshof.com. Uh, that's jumping without a G. And you can order online, three locations, Jacksonville, Atlantic Beach, Mandarin, um, downtown Jacksonville, that is, Atlantic Beach, and Mandarin. Have you got that burger recipe yet from them? Because Uh, remember, it was kind of a... Do you remember? Yeah, I remember. I asked asked, them. The guys said, no, we can't just... Come on. (laughs) It's a secret. Come on. It's really good. Okay. It's really good. But he did, he kind of told us, but didn't tell us. He he didn't really tell us. We didn't have it in writing. He he threw out some breadcrumbs, but like the the final prize (laughs) wasn't there. So I don't know, man. It's true. Jumpin' Jack's House of Food, our restaurant of the day. Let's get Steven in real quick before the top of the hour. I think he wants to talk some football. I'm done talking wrestling. What's up, Steve? <laughs> hey, not too much, guys. Uh, 
Now, Austin can probably help me out with this because it's been bugging at me a little bit uh, with people referring to the 3-4 setup and everything. And I know I've told him before that when I played, I went from defensive end to outside linebacker, and then finally I finished out at Mike linebacker. So I have a question for him. Uh, In the standard standard 3-4, you have your nose technique. Now, they're normally prepared to get double teamed, but they know they have the safety net behind them and your two middle linebackers. Correct. Now, Brent uh, has said before the advantage that he sees with our linebackers is they're athletic and very fast. But I also notice normally in your running downs, we don't have a traditional big-bodied middle linebacker like uh, Puzz or Brian Urlacher or the greatest of all time linebacker Ray Lewis, just that big-body muscle-bound guy, north-to-south runner, whose only job is to stop the run up the middle. Um, My new new Shaq Quarterman was uh, used that way in Miami, uh, but do you think maybe Charlie Strong and Joe Cullen might try and look into something like that, given going to a 3-4, just maybe a big, burly guy to where his only job is just to stop the run in the middle. All right, Stephen, thanks, man. Uh, We'll have to answer it on the other side. And uh, good question. i got a take or two, and we'll see what Austin says next. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.